This production explores manipulative relationships as well as including mentions of suicide, in particular a graphic description of drowning. Listener's discretion is advised. Welcome to the dollhouse. This is Act One. A Doll's House was written by Henrik Ibsen and directed by Alexandra Keeney. Sing for your supper and you'll get breakfast. Song birds always eat. If their song is sweet to hear. the Christmas tree carefully, Helen. Be sure the children do not see it until this evening when it is properly dressed. How much? Fifty cents. There's a dollar. No, (laughs) keep the change. Is that my little Skylark twittering out there? Yes, it is. Is that my little squirrel bustling about? Yes. When did my squirrel come home? (laughs) Just now. Come in here, Torvald, and see what I've bought. Don't disturb me. Bought, did you say, all these things? Has my little squander bird been wasting money again? (sighs) Yes, but, Torvald, this year we really can let ourselves go a little... This is the first Christmas that we don't need to economize so much. Still, you know, we can't spend money recklessly. Yes, Torvald, but we may be a teensy bit more reckless now, mayn't we? Just a teensy-weensy bit. You are going to have a big salary and earn lots and lots of money. Yes, after the new year, but then it'll be a whole semester before the salary is due. We can borrow until then. Nora! Same little featherhead. Suppose now that I borrowed $50 today and you spent it all in the Christmas week and then on New Year's Eve a tile fell off a roof under my head and killed me. Gee, don't say such horrid things. Still, suppose that happened. What then? If that were to happen, I don't suppose I should care whether I owed money or not. Yes, but what about the people who'd lent it? Them? Who would bother about them? (laughs) How like a woman you are. But seriously, Nora, you know what I think about that. No debt. Huh? Never borrow. There can be no freedom or beauty about a home life that depends on borrowing and debt. We two have kept bravely on the straight road so far. And we will go on the same way for the short time longer that there need be any struggle. As you please, Torvald. 
Come, come, my little Skylark must not droop her wings. What's this? Is my little squirrel sulking? Nora, what do you think I've got here? <gasps> Mommy! There you are. You think I don't know what a lot is wanted for housekeeping at Christmas time? <laughs> 20, 40, 60, 80, 100 dollars! Thank you. Thank you, Torvald. That will keep me going for a long while. Indeed it should. Yes, yes, it will. But come here and let me show you what I bought. And all so cheap. Look, here is a new suit for Ivor and a sword. Yeah, and a horse and then a trumpet for Bob and a doll and a dollhouse for Emmy. They are very plain, but she will soon dirty them. And here are dress lengths and handkerchiefs for the maids. Old Anne-Marie really ought to have something better. And uh, what's in this parcel? No, no, no. You mustn't see that until this evening. Very well. But now tell me, extravagant little girl, what would you like for Christmas? <laughs> me? Oh, I don't want anything. Yes, but you must have something. Tell me what, within reason, would you most like? No, I really can't think of anything. Unless... Torvald? Yes? If you really want to give me something, you might. Yes? <laughs> well, well, you might... Uh... Well, out with it! You might give me money, Torvald. Only just as much as you feel you can afford, and then later I'll buy something with it. <laughs> uh, uh, but Nora... Oh, do, dear Torvald. Please, please do, and then, then I'll wrap it up in the notes and gold, beautiful paper, and hang them on the Christmas tree. Won't that be fun? What's the name of that little bird that can never keep any money? Squanderbird, yes, I know. Let's do what I've suggested, Torvald, and then I'll have time to think about what I really want. That's a smart plan, isn't it? Mm, indeed it is. That is to say, if you were really to save out of the money I gave you and then really buy something for yourself. But if you spend it all on the housekeeping and any number of stupid things, then I'll end up having to give you more cash. Oh, but Torvald... You can't deny it, baby. It's a sweet little pet, the squandered bird, but she uses up a great deal of money. You'd hardly believe how expensive the little creatures can be. Oh, stop it! I really do save all that I can. <laughs> That's true for sure. Every cent you can. But you can't save anything. <laughs> you have no idea how many expenses we larks and squirrels have, Torvald. Ah, uh, you're an odd little girl, so much like your daddy. You always find some new way of wheeling money out of me, and as soon as you get it, it seems to slip through your fingers. You never seem to know where it's gone. Still, I guess I gotta take you as you are. It's in the blood, you know, inherited it straight from your daddy. I wish I was more like daddy. And I wouldn't wish you to be anything but just what you are, my sweet little Skylark. But you know, it strikes me that you're looking rather... How do I put this? Rather uneasy today, baby. <laughs> do I? Yeah, you do. Hey, look me straight in the eye now. <laughs> well? Has little Miss Sweet Tooth been breaking the rules in town today? Uh, no. Whatever could make you think that? Has she paid a visit to the candy store? No, I'm telling you, Torvald. I... Not been stealing some Hershey's Kisses? No, certainly not. Not even taking a bite at a Reese's peanut butter cup or two? Not even a little nibble on a macaroon? No, Torvald, I promise you, really, I... <laughs> hey, 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 come on, I'm only kidding around. You know I would never go against your wishes. No, I know you wouldn't. Besides, you gave me your promise. Keep your Christmas secrets to yourself, my darling. I'll find out soon enough once we light the Christmas tree tonight. Did you remember to invite Dr. Rank? No, I don't need to. He knows he always spends Christmas with us. But don't worry, I'll confirm it with him when I see him later today. I got a couple bottles of wine for us to share. Nora, you have no idea how much I'm looking forward to tonight. <laughs> so
so am I, and the children are going to have such a good time, Torvald. It's so good to know that you have a safe job and a healthy income. Don't you think so, sweetheart? Oh, it is wonderful. Do you remember last Christmas for three whole weeks beforehand? You shut yourself up every night until way after midnight making ornaments for the Christmas tree and little surprises for the kids. <laughs> it was the most boring three weeks I ever spent. I didn't find it boring. But you didn't have anything to show for it. Oh, don't tease me about that again. How could I help the cat getting in and ripping everything to shreds? Of course you couldn't, you poor little girl. You had the best of intentions and wanted to make us all happy. But look, isn't it great that the hard times are over and we can actually afford better toys and decorations? For sure. It is really, really wonderful. And I don't have to sit here all on my lonesome and... You don't have to ruin your pretty little eyes and your denny little hands for no reason. No, Torvald. I don't have to any longer, do I? <laughs> it is so lovely to hear you say so. There's a great big beautiful tomorrow Shining at the end of every day There's a great big beautiful tomorrow And tomorrow's just a dream away Oh! <laughs> That's the door. There must be someone here to see us. How annoying. If it's a salesman, tell him I'm not here. A lady to see you, ma'am. A stranger. The doctor came at the same time, sir. Did he go straight to my room? Yes, sir. Tell her to come in. How are you, Nora? Good, good. How are you doing? <laughs> you don't recognize me. I get it. No, I don't know. Hmm. Wait a second, you look... Oh my god, Christine! Is that you? <laughs> yep, it's me. Christine, how could I not have recognized you? But I mean, you've changed, Christine. I sure have. In nine, ten long Is years. Is it so long since we met? <laughs> I guess it must be. The last eight years have been such a joyful time for me, I'll tell you that. And so now you've come all the way out here to the suburbs and taken that long trek from the city and in the winter weather as well. That was brave of you. I arrived on the Amtrak this morning. To come spread some Christmas cheer, of course. We are going to have such a good time together. Hey, but take your coat off first. I hope you're not too cold. Now, let's sit down by the fire and get cozy. No, no, I insist you take the armchair. I am perfectly happy in this old rocking chair. Now you look like your old self again. It was only the first moment. You are a little more tan, Christine, and perhaps a little thinner. <laughs> and much, much older, Nora. <laughs> Perhaps a little older. Very, very little, but certainly not much. <laughs> oh, how thoughtless of me chattering away like this. My poor, dear Christine, please forgive me. For what, Nora? Christine, you're a widow. Um, yes. It'll be three years next month. Yes, I know. I saw it in the papers... I promise you, Christine, I really meant to get in touch with you, but I always put it off and, well, something else always seemed to come up. I quite understand, dear. No, it was awful of me. Poor thing, how you must have suffered and... He, he didn't leave you anything? Not a cent. And no children? No. Nothing at all, then? Not even any sorrow or grief to live upon. But Christine, how can that be? It happens, Nora. So you're all alone. How awfully sad that must be. I have three gorgeous children. You can't see them right now, though, as they're out with the nanny, but you must tell me everything you've been through. No, no, I want to hear about you. No, you go ahead. I, I am not going to be selfish today. Today is all about you. 
But I just do have to tell you this one thing. <laughs> have you heard that we've had such a stroke of good luck today? No. What's happened? <laughs> Can you believe it? My husband has been made manager of the first United Credit Saving Unions Bank. Your husband? Oh, congratulations. <laughs> yes, it's wonderful. A lawyer's profession is such an uncertain thing, especially if he won't deal with any dodgy cases, and naturally Torvald has never been willing to do that, and, well, of course, I quite agree with him. <laughs> you can imagine how happy we are. He starts first thing after the new year, and he's going to be making such a large salary, plus his bonus, of course. Uh, soon we're going to be able to live the high life, no more penny pitching for the Helmers. <laughs> I am just so happy and relieved that, well, that that whole part of our lives is finally over. It is going to be so amazing to have heaps of cash and no more money worries, don't you think? <laughs> yes. I think it's quite lovely to be able to pay for everything you need in life. No, not just everything I need, but everything I want. <laughs> Nora, Nora, haven't you learned anything? In high school, you were voted most likely to succeed at spending someone else's money. <laughs> oh, yes. Torvald always brings that one up, too. <laughs> but darling Nora is not as dumb as you might think. I haven't been able to just sit around all day at home with the children. We've both had jobs, if you can believe it. You've had a job? <laughs> yes, odds and ends. Needlework, embroidery, and that sort of thing. And other things as well. You know that Torvald left his firm to go freelance when we were married? Well, he was never going to make partner there, and with a baby on the way, he needed a higher salary anyway. But during the first year, he overworked himself dreadfully. You see, he had to make money any way that he could, and he worked day and night, but he couldn't stand it and completely burnt out. The doctor said that he had a total nervous breakdown and that he needed to take a sabbatical if he was ever going to work again. He could have died. You spent a whole year in Florida, didn't you? Yes, and it was hard to get away, let me tell you. It was just after Ivor was born, but of course we had to go. It was a gorgeous trip, and it saved Torvald's life. But it didn't come cheap, Christine. I think not. All in all, it cost $1,100. <laughs> Lucky you had it on hand. Oh, we got it all from Daddy. He paid for everything. Makes sense. He died just around then, right? Yes. And it was so awful that I couldn't be with him at the end. You see, Ivor was due to arrive any second, and, well, Torval needed me. He, he begged me to stay, and what else could I do? Dear sweet kind daddy. You know, Christine, I never saw him again after that last Christmas we shared together. And it haunts me to this very day. Yes, I remember how close the two of you were. But you went straight to Florida? Well, the money came through and the doctors wouldn't hear of us delaying another second more. I had to fight to stay for the funeral even. And the time in Florida did Torvald good? <laughs> yes, he's been as strong as an ox ever since. But the doctor? <laughs> what doctor? I, I thought your maid said the guy who arrived at the same time as me was a doctor. Oh, yes, I see. No, that was Dr. Rank, but he doesn't come here in a professional capacity. No, he's our closest friend and comes by at least once every day. Ever since Florida, Torvald has never even had a cold. And the children have been so healthy and well, so have I. Oh, Christine! Christine, it feels so good to be alive right now. But how annoying. I am going on and on about my life and my triumphs.
Look, please don't be mad at me. Were you really not in love with the man you married? And why did you do it then if you weren't in love? <laughs> My mom wasn't doing too well at the time and I had to pay for her medical bills as well as putting my two little brothers through school. And he said he would take care of everything. I couldn't say no. No, I guess you did what you had to do, but... Well, so he had money then? <laughs> he had money. But he lost it all to some sketchy deal with what he said he was sure wasn't a mafia front. But honestly, who knows? And so then when he was killed... Um, when he died, it all just evaporated. And then? Well, I had to turn my hand on anything I could find. I was a counter girl at Bloomingdale's for a bit, then a teacher's aide, then I ended up starting my own secretarial college. I placed girls in every law firm this side of Manhattan. I won't lie to you, Nora. <laughs> I've worked like a dog these past couple of years, but... I'm proud of what I've done. The school runs itself now, and with one brother just graduated valedictorian from Harvard and the other just on his way to Yale. Full ride, by the way. <laughs> I've done the best I can. How proud you must be! No, <laughs> Nora. My life is empty now that my mom's gone and the boys don't need me anymore. I was part of the rat race, you know, and... I want to do something completely different. Something I could just throw myself into. Something with regular hours and clear goals. <laughs> but Christine, that sounds so boring and you seem bored with life already. Oh, you know what? You should go to Florida. I don't have a daddy to give me that kind of money, Nora. Oh, oh no, don't be annoyed at me. Oh. It is you who must be annoyed with me, dear. I shouldn't have said that. It's just, I get bitter sometimes when I think of how hard I've had to work compared to others. One must live, and so one becomes selfish. When you told me your good news, I have to admit, I was just as happy for myself as I was for you and your family. What do you mean? I, I don't know what could happen, but if Torvald could, you know... Oh, make... <laughs> I understand! You're hoping that Torvald could put in a good word for you at the bank. <laughs> yes, that's what I was implying. He will, Christine. Just leave it to me. I will broach the subject very cleverly. I'll think of something to get him in a good mood first. Oh, <laughs> it'll make me so happy to be of some use to you. Oh, how kind you are, Nora. To be so anxious to help me. It is especially kind since you know so little of the burdens and troubles of life. <laughs> I? I know so little. My dear, small household cares and that sort of thing. <laughs> you are a child, Nora. You shouldn't patronize me. <laughs> no. You are just like the others. They all think that I'm incapable of anything serious. I didn't say that. That my life has been all sunshine and lollipops. But my dear Nora, you've just told me all your troubles. <laughs> Please! Those were mere trifles. I haven't told you the big thing. The big thing? <laughs> what do you mean? You look down on me, Christine, but... You shouldn't. You're proud of yourself, aren't you, for having worked so hard and so long for your mother? I don't look down on anyone. <laughs> but it's true that I'm both proud and happy to know that I was able to make the end of my mother's life as comfortable as possible. And you're also proud of what you've done for your brothers? <laughs> I think I have the right to be. I think so too. But listen to this. I too have done something to be both Proud and happy about. I, I mean, I don't doubt that you have. <laughs> but what are you talking about? Shh. Speak quietly. Suppose Torvald should hear. He mustn't. On any account, no one in the world must know Christine. Except you. <laughs> Come here.
what is it? <laughs> now I will show you that, that I too have done something to be proud and happy about. It was I who saved Torvald's life. Saved? How? I told you about our trip to Florida. Torvald would never have recovered if we hadn't gone, and, well... Yes, but your daddy gave you the money you needed. Yes. That is what Torvald and all the others think, but... <laughs> but... Daddy didn't give us a penny. It was I who got the money. You? The whole sum? Eleven hundred dollars. <laughs> what do you think of that? But Nora, how did you possibly do it? Did you win the lottery? <laughs> the lottery? Now where's the skill in that? But where did you get it from then? Mm, sing for your supper and you'll get breakfast. Songbirds always eat. If their song is sweet to hear. I heard from a wise canary, trillin' makes a fellow willin'. <laughs> so, little swallow, swallow now. Now is the time to sing for your supper and you'll get breakfast. Songbirds are not dumb. They don't buy a crumb of bread. It's sad. So sing and you'll be fed. Wait, you couldn't have borrowed it. Oh, couldn't I? Why not? Because a wife can't borrow money without her husband's consent. Oh? But if it is a wife who has any head for business, a wife who has some sense... I don't understand you at all, Nora. You don't have to understand me. I never said that I borrowed the money. I may have gotten it in some other way. Perhaps I got it from some other admirer. <laughs> when a girl is as pretty as I am. <laughs> you are a mad creature. <laughs> now you know you are dying of curiosity, Christine. Listen to me, Nora, dear. Have you done anything foolish? Is it foolish to save one's husband's life? <laughs> it seems foolish to me if without his knowledge you go off and... But the whole point was that he should never know... Oh, God, can't you see? He could never know how sick he actually was. It was to mean that the doctor came and said that his life was in danger and that the only thing to save him was to live somewhere warm and humid. Do you suppose that I didn't try, first of all, to get what I wanted as if it were for myself? I told him how much I wanted to travel abroad like other young wives. I tried tears and pleading with him. I told him that he should think of my pregnancy and that he ought to be kind and generous to me. I even hinted that he might get alone and... Well, that nearly made him angry, Christine. He said I was thoughtless and that it was his duty as my husband not to indulge me in my whims and fantasies, as I believe he called them. Very well, I thought. You must be saved and... Well, that was how I came to think a way out of the difficulty. And did your husband never find out from your daddy that he didn't give you the money? No, never. Daddy died just at that time, and... Well, I had meant to let him into the secret and beg him never to reveal it, but he was so sick then, and... And then there was no reason to tell him. And you never told Torvald? <laughs> God, no! How could you think so? A man who has such strong opinions about these things, and... Besides, how... Painful and humiliating it would have been for Torvald with his manly independence to know that he owed me anything. It would ruin what we have, and our beautiful home would no longer be what it is now. Are you ever going to tell them about it? Yes. Someday. Perhaps after many years, when I am no longer as beautiful as I am now. Don't laugh at me. 
I mean, of course, when Torvald is no longer as devoted to me as he is now, and my dancing and dressing up and reciting bore him, then it might be a good thing to have something up my sleeve. <laughs> How stupid! That will never happen. Now, what do you think of my great secret, Christine? Do you still think I'm of no use? I can tell you that, that this whole affair has caused me a lot of worry. It hasn't been easy for me to make the payments on time. Did you know that there's something in business called quarterly interest and then another thing called payment in installments and it is always so dreadfully difficult to manage them and I've had to save a little here and there and where I could, you understand. I have not been able to put aside much money for my housekeeping for Torvald. He must have good meals and I couldn't let my children be shabbily dressed. I, of course, had to spend all he gave me on them, the little sweethearts. So it's all had to come out of your own pocketbook, Nora. Of course. Besides, I was the one responsible for it. Whenever Torvald has given me money for new dresses and such things, I've never spent more than half of it. I've always bought the simplest and cheapest things, and, well, thank God, everything looks good on me, and so Torvald has never really noticed. But it was often very hard on me, Christine, because, well, it's so lovely to be really well-dressed, isn't it? <laughs> Quite so. Well, then I found other ways of earning money. Last winter, I was lucky enough to get a lot of typing to do, so I locked myself up and sat every evening until very late at night. Many a time, I was desperately tired, but all the same, it was a tremendous pleasure to sit there working and earning money. <laughs> it was like being a man. How much have you been able to pay off? I can't tell you exactly. You see, it is very difficult to keep track of a business matter of that kind. I only know that I have paid every penny that I could scrape together. <laughs> and then I used to sit there and imagine that some rich old gentleman had fallen in love with me. What? <laughs> Who? <laughs> no, that he died. And that when his will was opened, it contained written in big letters the instruction... <clears throat> The lovely Mrs. Nora Helmer is to have all I possess paid over to her at once in cash. <laughs> oh, my dear Nora, who are you talking about? Oh, good God. Can't you understand? There was no old gentleman at all. It was only something that I used to sit here and imagine when I couldn't think of any other way of getting money. But it's all the same now that tiresome old man can stay where he is as far as I'm concerned. I don't care about him or his will either, for I am free from care now. Oh my goodness. It is delightful to think of Christine free from care. To be able to be free from care, quite free from care. To be able to play and romp with the children. To be able to keep the house beautifully and have everything just as Torvald likes it and think of it. Soon the spring will come and the big blue sky and perhaps we shall be able to take a little trip. Perhaps I shall see the sea again. Oh, it's a wonderful thing to be alive and happy. <laughs> There's the door. Perhaps I'd better go. No, don't go. No one will come in here. It will be for Torvald, I am sure. Excuse me, ma'am. There's a gentleman to see Mr. Halmer, and as the doctor is with him... Who is it? It is I, Mrs. Halmer. You? What is it? What do you want to see my husband about? Bank business, in a way. I have a small post in the bank, and I hear your husband is to be our chief now, and... Then it is nothing... Nothing but dry business matters, Mrs. Halmer. Absolutely nothing else. Be so good as to go into the study, then. Nora, who was that man? A lawyer, something Krogstad. Then it was him. <laughs> Do you know the man? <laughs> I used to, many years ago. At one time he clerked for the judge in our town. Yes, he did. He is <laughs> very different. Well, he made a very unhappy marriage. He's a widower now, isn't he? With several children. Oh, there now, it is burning up. I've heard he carries on various kinds of business. Oh, really? Perhaps he does. I don't know anything about it. But 
Don't let's think of business, it's so tiresome. No, my dear fellow, I won't disturb you. I'd rather go into your wife for a little while anyway. No, I beg your pardon, I'm afraid I'm disturbing you too. No, <laughs> not at all. Dr. John Rank, Mrs. Christine Aha. Lynn. I've often heard Mrs. Lynn's name mentioned here. I think I passed her on the stairs when I arrived. <laughs> yes, I go up very slowly. I don't do stairs. Ah, some slight internal weakness. No, the fact is I've been overworking myself. Oh, nothing more than that. <laughs> then I suppose you've come out here to amuse yourself with our entertainments. Actually, I have come to look for work. Is that a good cure for overwork? <laughs> One must live, <laughs> Dr. Rank. Well, yes. General opinion seems to be that it is necessary. Look here, John. You know you want to live. No, oh, certainly. However wretched I may feel, I want to prolong the agony as long as possible. <laughs> All my patients are like that. So those who are morally diseased, one of them in a bad case too, is at this very moment with Torvald. Who do you mean? Oh, a lawyer of the name Krogstad. A man you don't know at all. He suffers from a diseased moral character, Mrs. Helmer, but even he started talking about how important his character was. Huh, did he? What did he want to speak to uh, Torvald about? <laughs> I have no idea. I only heard that it was something about the bank. Huh. I didn't know this. What's-his-name Krogstad had anything to do with the bank. Oh, yes, he has some sort of job there. I don't know whether you've also found that in your part of the world, Mrs. Lind, that there are certain people who go zealously searching to smell out moral corruption. And as soon as they've found some, put the person concerned into some lucrative position where they can keep their eye on him. <laughs> Healthy natures are left out in the cold. <laughs> Still, I think the sick are those who are in most need of taken care of. Yes, <laughs> there you are. That is the sentiment that is turning society into a sick house. <laughs> Why do you laugh at that? Have you any notion of what society really is? <laughs> oh, what do I care about tiresome society? No, I am laughing at something quite different, something extremely amusing. Tell me, John. Are all the people who are employed in the bank dependent on Torvald now? <laughs> is that what you find so extremely amusing? <laughs> <laughs> that is my affair. <sighs> it is perfectly glorious to think that we have... That Torvald has so much power over so many people. Dr. Rank, what do you say to a macaroon? What? Macaroons? I thought they were forbidden here. <laughs> uh, yes, but these are some Christine gave me. What? I, I don't... Oh, well, don't be alarmed. You couldn't know that Torvald had forbidden them. I must tell you that... Well, he is afraid that they'll spoil my teeth, but... <laughs> come on! One can't hurt. That's right. Isn't it, Johnny? In it goes. Doctor's orders. <laughs> Nora! What? You gotta have one too, Christine. And I'll have one, just a little one, or well, two at most. <laughs> oh, I am tremendously happy. There is just one thing in the world now that I should dearly love to do. Well, what is that? <laughs> it's something I should dearly love to say if Torvald could hear me. Well, why can't you say it? No. <laughs> I daren't. It is so shocking. <laughs> shocking? Well, I should not advise you to say it. Still, with us, you might. What is it you would so much like to say if Torvo could hear you? I should just love to say... Fuck you! <laughs> no! <laughs> Are you crazy? <laughs> No! Say it! Say it! Here he is! Josh! <laughs> well, uh, Torvald dear, have you got rid of him? Yes, he's just gone. Let me introduce you. <clears throat> this is Christine, who has just come to town. I, Christine! Uh, ex excuse Mrs. me, Lynch. but I don't know... Uh... <laughs> 
Christine Lind. Of course, of course. Uh, a high school friend of my wife's, I presume. Yes, we've known each other since then. And just think, she has come such a long way just to see you, baby. What do you mean? No, really, I could never... Christine is tremendously clever at bookkeeping and... Well, she is frightfully anxious to work under some clever man so as to perfect herself. Very sensible, Mrs. Lind. And when she heard that you had been appointed manager of the bank, the news was in the paper, you know. She, well, she came here as quick as she could, Torvald. I'm sure you'll be able to do something for Christine. For my sake, won't you? Well, it's not altogether impossible. I uh, presume you are a widow, Mrs. Lind? Yes. And have had some experience of bookkeeping? <laughs> yes, a fair amount. Ah, oh, well, it's very likely I may be able to find something for you. <laughs> what did I tell you? What did I tell you? You have just come at a fortunate moment, Mrs. Lind. <laughs> How am I to thank you? Ah, there's no need. Uh, but today you must excuse me. Um... <laughs> Wait a minute, I'll come with you. Don't be long away, Torval dear. About an hour, nothing more. Are you going too, Christine? Yes, I, I must go and look for a room. Oh, well then, we can uh, walk down the street together. What a pity it is that we're so short of space here. I'm afraid it's impossible for us to let you stay. Please don't even think about it. <laughs> Goodbye, dear Nora, and many thanks. Goodbye for the present. Oh, of course, you'll come back this evening, and you too, Dr. Rank. <laughs> what do you say, if you're feeling up to it? Oh, you must be. Wrap yourself up well. Goodbye, Nora, dear. <laughs> Farewell, my songbird. See you, Nora. There they are. There they are. Come in. Come in. Oh, you sweet blessings. Look at them, Christine. Aren't they darling? Don't let us stand here in the draft. Come along, Mrs. Lynde. The place will only be bearable for a mother now. How fresh and well you look. <laughs> Such red cheeks like apples and roses. Mommy, mommy, I missed you. Have you had great fun? <laughs> that is splendid. What? You pulled both Emmy and Bob along on the sledge. Both at once? Well, that was good. You are a clever boy. Let me take her for a while, Anne, my sweet little baby doll. Yes, yes. Mother will dance with Bob, too. What? So well, I wish I'd been there too. No, no, I will take their things off, Anne. Please, let me do it. It is such fun. Go in now. You look half frozen and there's some hot coffee for you on the stove. <laughs> really? Did a big dog run after you? But it didn't bite you. No? No, dogs don't bite nice little dolly children. Uh, you mustn't look at the parcels, Ivor. What are they? Mm -hmm. I dare say you would like to know. No. No, it's something nasty. Come. <laughs> Let us have a game. What shall we play at? Hide and seek. Yes, we'll play hide and seek. Bob shall hide first in the... Must I hide? <laughs> Very well, okay, I'll hide first. Yes, my darlings, go and hide now, okay? Five, four, three, two, one. Ready or not, here I come. You can't find me, you can't find me. <laughs> mm -hmm. ah, there you are. Now, your turn to count. No, I want to hide again. Oh, all right then, go and hide. I'll count again. Five, four, three, two, one. Ready or not, here I come. Excuse ah. me, Mrs. Helmer. What do you want? Excuse me, the front door was open and I suppose someone forgot to shut it. My husband is out, Mr. Krogstad. I know that. What do you want here then? A word with you. With me? Go into the nanny. Mommy, why? I want to keep playing. Yes, I do. What? No, the strange man won't do Mommy any harm. 
When he's gone, we'll have another game. I promise. You want to speak to me? Today, it is not the first of the month yet. No, it is Christmas Eve, and it'll depend on yourself what sort of Christmas you will have. What do you mean? Today, it is absolutely impossible for me to... We won't talk about that until later on. This is something different. I presume you can give me a moment? Yes. Yes, I can. Although... Good. I was in Olsen's restaurant and saw your husband going down the street and... Yes? With a lady. What then? Why? I want to keep playing. May I be so bold as to ask if it was a Mrs. Christine Lind? It was. Just arrived in town? Yes, today. She's a great friend of yours, isn't she? She is, but I don't see how this is anything... I knew her too, once upon a time. I am aware of that. Are you? So you know all about it. I thought as much. Then I can ask you, without beating around the bush, is is Mrs. Lynn to have an appointment in the bank? What right have you to question me, Mr. Krogstad? (laughs) You, one of my husband's subordinates. But since you ask, you shall know. Yes, Mrs. Lynn is to have an appointment, and it was I who pleaded her cause, Mr. Krogstad, let me tell you. I was right on what I thought. Sometimes a wife can have a tiny little bit of influence, I find. Just because one is a woman, it does not necessarily follow that... When anyone is in a subordinate position, Mr. Krogstad, they really should be careful to avoid offending anyone... Anyone who... Who... Who has influence? Exactly. Mrs. Helmer... You will be so good as to use your influence on my behalf. What? Uh, what do you mean? You will be so kind as to see that I am allowed to keep my subordinate position in the bank. What do you mean by that? Who's going to take your job away from you? Oh, there is no necessity to keep up the pretense of ignorance. I can quite understand that your friend is not very anxious to expose herself to the chance of rubbing shoulders with me. And I quite understand, too, who I am to thank for being turned off. But I assure you, I... Very likely. But, to come to the point, the time has come when I should advise you to use your influence to prevent that. But, Mr. Krogstad, I have no influence. (laughs) Haven't you? I thought you said yourself just now... I didn't mean it like that. (laughs) What makes you think that I could ever influence Torvald in that way? Oh, I've known your husband since college. I don't suppose he's any more unassailable than other husbands. If you speak slightingly of my husband, I shall turn you out of the house. You are bold, Mrs. Helmer. I'm not afraid of you any longer. As soon as the new year comes, I shall, in a quick amount of time, be free of the whole goddamn thing. Listen to me, Mrs. Helmer. If necessary, I am prepared to fight for my small post in the bank as if I were fighting for my life. So it seems. It is not only for the sake of money. Indeed, that matters least of me in the matter. There is another reason. Well, I, I may as well tell you. My position is this, I dare say you know, like everybody else, that once, many years ago, I was guilty of an indiscretion. I think I've heard something of the kind. The matter never came into court, but everybody seemed to be close to me after that. So I took to the business that you know of. I had to do something, and honestly, I don't think I've been one of the worst. But now I must cut myself free from all that. My sons are growing up. For their sake, I must try and win back as much respect as I can in this town. This post in the bank was like the first step for me. But your husband is going to kick me back into the mud. You must believe me, Mr. Krogstad. It is not in my power to help you at all. Then it is because you haven't the will. 
but I have means to um, compel you. You don't mean that you'll... You'll tell my husband that I owe you money? <laughs> Suppose I, I were to tell him. It would be awful of you to think of his learning my secret, which has been my joy and pride in such an ugly, clumsy way, and that he should learn it from you. No, it would put me in a horribly disagreeable position. <laughs> Only disagreeable? Well, do it then. And it will be worse for you. My husband will see for himself what a blackguard you are, and you certainly won't keep your post then. I asked you if it was only a disagreeable scene at home that you were afraid of. If my husband does get to know of it, of course he will pay you at once what is still owing, and we shall have nothing more to do with you. Listen to me, Mrs. Helmer. Either you have a very bad memory, or you know very little of business. I guess I'll have to remind you of a couple details. What are you talking about? When your husband was ill, you came to me to borrow $1,100. I didn't know anyone else to go to. I promised to get you that amount. Yes, and, then and you did. I promised to get you that amount on certain conditions. Your mind was so taken up with your husband's illness and... You were so anxious to get the money for your journey that you seem to have paid no attention to the condition of our bargain. Therefore, it will not be amiss if I remind you of them now. I promised to get the money on the security of a bond which I drew up. Yes, and which I signed. Good. But below your signature, there were a few lines constituting your father for surety of the money. Those lines your father should have signed. Should? He did sign them. I had left the date blank, that is to say, your father should himself have inserted the date on which he signed the paper. Do you remember that? Yes, I, I think I remember. Then I gave you the bond to send by mail to your father. Is that so? Yes. And you naturally did so at once. Because five or six days afterwards, you brought me the bond with your father's signature. And then I gave you the money. Well, haven't I been paying it off regularly? Fairly so, yes. But to come back to the matter at hand, that must have been a, a very trying time for you, Mrs. Helmer. It was, indeed. Your father was very ill, wasn't he? He was very near his end. And died... Soon afterwards. Yes. Tell me, Mrs. Helmer, can you by any chance remember what day your father died? On what day of the month, I mean? Daddy died on the 29th of September. That is correct. I have asserted it for myself, and as that is so, there is a, um, discrepancy. Which I cannot account for. What discrepancy? I don't know of any. The discrepancy consists, Mrs. Helmer, in the fact that your father signed this bond three days after his death. What do you mean? I, I don't understand. I your father died on the 29th of September, but look here. Your father has dated his signature the 2nd of October. It is a discrepancy. Isn't it? Can you explain it to me? It is a remarkable thing, too, that the words 2nd of October, as well as the year, are not written in your father's handwriting, but in one I think I know. Well, of course, it it can be explained. Your father may have forgotten a date of signature, and someone else may have dated it haphazardly before they knew of his death. There was no harm in that. It, it all depends on the signature of the name that is genuine. That is genuine, I suppose, Mrs. Helmer. It was your father himself who signed his name here. No, it was not. I wrote Daddy's name there. Are you aware that is a dangerous confession? In what way? You shall have your money soon. 
Let me ask you a question. Why did you not send the paper to your it father? It was impossible. Daddy was so ill. If I'd asked him for his signature, I should have had to tell him what the money was to be used for. And when he was so ill himself, I couldn't tell him that my husband's life was in danger. It was impossible. It would have been better for you if you'd given up your trip down south. No, that was also impossible. That trip was to save my husband's life. I, I couldn't give that up. But did it never occur to you that, that you were committing a fraud on me? I couldn't take that into account. I, I didn't trouble myself about you at all. I couldn't bear you because you had put so many heartless difficulties in my way. Although you knew what a dangerous condition my husband was in. Mrs. Helmer, you evidently do not realize clearly what it is you have been found guilty of. But I can assure you that my one false step, which lost me all of my reputation, was nothing more or n nothing worse than what you have done. You. Do you ask me to believe that you were brave enough to run a risk to save your wife's life? The law cares nothing about motives. Then it must be a very foolish law. Foolish or not, it is a law by which you will be judged if I produce this paper in court. I don't believe it. Is a daughter not allowed to spare her dying father anxiety and care? Is a wife not allowed to save her husband's life? I don't know much about law, but I am certain that there must be laws permitting such things as that. Have you no knowledge of such laws? You, who are a lawyer. You must be a very poor lawyer, Mr. Krogstad. <laughs> Maybe, but... Matters of business, such business as you and I had together. Do you think I don't understand that? Very well. Do as you please, but let me tell you this. If I lose my position a second time, you shall lose yours with me. Good afternoon, Mrs. Helmer. Nonsense! Trying to frighten me like that? I am not so silly as he thinks. And yet... No, it's impossible! I did it for love's sake! Mommy! The strange man has gone out through the gate. Yes, dears, I know. But don't tell anyone about the strange man, do you hear? Not even Daddy. No, Mommy. But will you come and play again? No. No, not now. But, Mommy, you promised. Yes, but I can't now. Run away now, I have such a lot to do. Run away now, my sweet darlings. Bye-bye, Mommy. No, it won't happen. Helen, bring the tree in. No, 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 it is quite impossible. Where shall I put it, ma'am? Here, in the middle of the floor. Shall I get you anything else? No, thank you. I have all that I want. A candle here and flowers here. Oh, the horrible man! It's all nonsense. There is nothing wrong. The tree shall be splendid and I will do everything I can think of to please you, Torvald. I will sing for you. I will dance for you. Yes. 
anyone been here? Yeah. Oh, that's strange. I uh, I thought I saw Krogstag going out of the gate. Did you? Yes, I forgot Krogstag was here for a moment. Nora, I can see from your manner that he's been here begging you to say a good word for him. Yes. And you were to appear to do it of your own accord. You were to conceal from me the fact of his having been here. Didn't he beg that of you too? Yes, Torvald, but I... Nora, Nora, and you would do that sort of thing? To have any talk with a man like that and give him any sort of promise and to tell me a lie in the bargain? A lie? Didn't you tell me no one had been here? My little songbird must never do that again. A songbird must have a clean beak to chirp with. No false notes. That's so, isn't it? Yeah, I'm sure it is. <laughs> well, say no more about it. How warm and snug it is in here. <clears throat> Torvald? Yes? I'm really looking forward to the costume ball at the Jeffersons the day after tomorrow. And I'm really curious to see what you're going to surprise me with. It was very silly of me to want to do that. What do you mean? Well, I can't think of anything that will do, and everything I think of seems so silly and insignificant. Does my little Nora realize that at last? Are you very busy, Torvald? Well, I uh, have... What are all those papers? Bank business. Huh. Already? Yeah, I've got authority from the retiring manager to undertake the necessary changes in the staff and in the rearrangement of the work, and I must make use of the Christmas week for that so as to have everything in order for the new year. Ah, then that is why this poor Krogstad wanted to... Mm. <clears throat> if you hadn't been so busy, I should have asked you a really big favor, Torvald. What kind of favor? Tell me. There is no one who has such good taste as you, and I do so want to look nice at the costume ball, and... Well, Torvald, couldn't you take me in hand and decide what I shall go as, and what sort of dress I shall wear? Aha! So my obstinate little woman is obliged to get someone to come to her rescue. <laughs> yes, Torvald, I can't do anything without your help. Mm -hmm. Very well, I will think it over, and we shall manage to think of something. That is nice of you. <laughs> ah, how pretty the red flowers look! But tell me, was it really something very bad that this Krogstad was guilty of? He forged someone's name. Have you any idea what that means? Well, isn't it possible that he was driven to do it by necessity? Yes, or as is so in many cases, by imprudence. I'm not so heartless as to condemn a man altogether because of a single false step of that kind. No, you wouldn't, would you, Torvald? Well, many a man has been able to retrieve his character if he has openly confessed his fault and taken his punishment. Uh, punishment? But Krogstad did nothing of that sort. He got himself out of it by a cunning trick, and that is why he's gone under altogether. But do you think that it would maybe... Just think how a guilty man like that has to lie and play the hypocrite with everyone. How he has to wear a mask in the presence of those near and dear to him, even before his own wife and children. And about the children, that that, that is the most terrible part of it all. How? Because such an atmosphere of lies, it infects and poisons the whole life of a home. Every breath those children take in such a house is full of the germs of evil. Are you quite sure of that? Now, my dear, I have often seen it in the course of my life as a lawyer. Almost everyone who's gone to the dark side early in life has had a deceitful mother. And why do you only say mother? Well, it seems most commonly to be the mother's influence, though naturally a bad father would have the same result. Every lawyer is familiar with the fact that this Krogstad now has been persistently poisoning his own children with lies and dissimulation. That is why I say he has lost all moral character. And that is why my sweet little Nora must promise me not to plead his cause. Come, come, what's this? Come, give me your hand. There now, that's settled. I assure you it would be quite impossible for me to work with him. I literally feel physically ill when I'm in the company of such people. Torvald, get away from me. I have such a lot to do. 
Yes, and I must try and read through some of these alone in my office before dinner. And I must think about your costume, too. And it is just possible I may have something ready in gold paper to hang up on the tree. My precious little songbird. <laughs> no, no, no. No, it isn't true. It's impossible. <laughs> it must be impossible. The little ones are begging so hard to be allowed to come to Mama. No, no. No, don't let them come in to me. You stay with the man. Very well, ma'am. Deprave my little children. Poison my home? It's not true. It, it can't possibly be true. My tears are falling because you've taken her away. And though it really hurts me so, there's something that I've got to say. Nicholas Roach as Nora, JP O'Brien as Torvald Helmer, Lucy Holmes as Christine Lind, Craig Maguire as Niels Krogstad, Lara Monaghan as John Rank, and Cornelia Kruger as Anne Marie. The production manager was Shauna Lynch, the assistant producer was Uni Lindsay, the stage manager was Alison Landy, the assistant stage manager was Sean Lockery, the sound manager was Dara Kelly. The assistant sound manager was Harry Brender. The publicity manager was Jenny Weston. And the DU player's liaison was Emma Ormond. Featuring the musical talents of Sammy Copley, Dara Kelly, Emma Ormond, Avi Moriarty and Tess Scully. You are now leaving the dollhouse.